Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Tao podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. In today's episode, we have Justin Steinman, Chief Marketing Officer at Definitive Healthcare here to specifically talk about podcasts and how they can enable faster growth for B2B brands. Justin is a fellow podcast host himself, and it's great to have him here. It's great to talk about how podcasts have been a popular concept for B2B marketing teams over the last couple of years. Before we dive in, Justin, uh, welcome to the show. It would be great if you can tell us about yourself and, of course, your journey through the B2B tech market space. We'd also love to hear about your time as CEO at Definitive Healthcare. Sure. So thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And hello to the audience out there. I'm Justin Steinman. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Definitive Healthcare. I've been here nearly three years. Definitive Healthcare is the industry leader in healthcare commercial intelligence. We basically provide the information for companies who want to sell, compete, and win in the healthcare market. Whether you're a biotech company or you're selling paint supplies, you sell it into the healthcare ecosystem, you're our target customer. Before joining Definitive Healthcare, I spent about four years at Aetna CVS working in product management. I was running product management for the commercial insurance business there. And before that, I spent about six years at GE Healthcare Digital, which was electronic medical records, revenue cycle management, and digital imaging. So I've got well over about 15 years now in healthcare. Before that, I actually did a variety of sales and marketing roles at Novell, which is B2B infrastructure technology, Linux, virtualization, and stuff like that. I joined Novell in a sales role straight out of business school and then moved into marketing. I realized that my passion is about writing and communicating. And I'm talking to you live from the beautiful, definitively speaking, podcast studios here in Framingham, Massachusetts. Absolutely. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation. As a seasoned podcast host, how have you been using this channel to drive brand impact and eventual ROI? And we'd love it if you can highlight more about a couple of fundamental best practices that you feel B2B teams need to really focus on when they are especially still at the cusp of starting or they're still thinking about launching their podcast. What are the couple of elements that they need to keep in mind? Sure. So, th- so there's a lot in it. Let me tell you the story as to how we created Definitively Speaking and why we created Definitively Speaking. So we're working as a lot of CMO and marketing departments are on a very limited budget. And we did not have a lot of money for a big advertising campaign. I would love to do a big advertising campaign. Unfortunately, our CFO does not want to do a big advertising campaign. <clears throat> so we had to go and think about different ways to establish brand and thought leadership. Now, I happen to be very lucky as a marketer because here at Definitive Healthcare, we're sitting on the single largest treasure trove of information about the U.S. healthcare ecosystem. And so the hook that we came up with when we curated Definitively Speaking was what if we had a data-driven conversation around healthcare? And every week, it would not be about just me, or sorry, every other week, we drop every other Thursday. It would not just be me getting on on pontificating about the data and what it showed us, but rather finding an interesting person from across the healthcare ecosystem to come in and have a data-driven conversation with me around whether topics ranging from mental health to precision medicine to we're doing one recently on electronic data interchange and payer provider collaboration. You name it, we have the ability to go across the entire healthcare ecosystem. And the angle, as I said, was to have these data-driven conversations. 
We never, ever pitch definitive healthcare on the podcast. The closest I will ever get to mentioning definitive healthcare is simply just saying, according to our data, which is actually factual because I've got this and that's the value add that we can bring. And then we use that as a jumping off point to have a conversation. It ties into our bigger marketing strategy because in order for us to raise the value of definitive healthcare, we've had a broad PR strategy called according to definitive healthcare. And the idea behind according to definitive healthcare is that when you open up the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or CBS News, and you see an interesting health stack because there were always running articles about healthcare, right? So we want to be the company providing that stat. There are this many number of cancer patients in New York City. There are this many number of births that took place in Houston last year. This many doctors who were leaving the healthcare industry, staffing shortages have been a really big topic of conversation. And so we have our PR agency working to get our stories into the market around according to definitive healthcare. But then also, definitively speaking, our podcast drives that. And the other hook around this, again, is I'm working on a very small budget, as I said. Well, if I get really cool, interesting people out there with their own following, they're going to promote definitively speaking. And then they're going to get out there. And so it's really started to be a network effect of getting folks out there. It started out very much as my network of people that I've gathered throughout my time in healthcare. But now it's taken on a mind of its own. And we have people actually reaching out to us saying, hey, how do I get onto your podcast? Which is crazy when you think about it, but we're really excited about it. It's cool as well, because as it gains popularity, it has this, it can have this like rippling effect for a brand. So this is actually the Sales Star podcast that we're currently on is one of the second podcasts that I've helped start and run. The one before this was for a startup that eventually got acquired. And I'll highlight a little bit about that down the line. But just to add a little bit to what you said. So while you've started using this podcast more as an indirect marketing channel for the brand, but not to directly put what the brand essentially does in terms of offerings and services while you talk to the participants. There are a lot of different processes or themes or even goals that other brands put in place when they launch their channel. So in a recent conversation with a pretty renowned MarTech leader, when we spoke about their podcast, the idea behind that one was to drive ABM impact. So it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about who the audience is reaching through the channel, but which participant is coming on board. So what they were trying to do was use the podcast to tap into their target audience and invite participants only from their target prospect list. So they were tying that into their overall ABX or ABM strategy. So it's been very interesting to see over the years how different brands and different teams have used this channel to drive different kinds of business purposes and goals. And this brings us to the next question, which is a little bit about how now you can see the marketplace is struggling with far too many podcasts. So there might be, so so over the years we've seen when it comes to content, it was important to have a website, then it was important to have a content strategy which reflected a regular blog article posting plan of action. And that sort of crowded the marketplace in its own way. You started having too much written content. And now 
obviously in part also because of the pandemic, but podcasts were like creeping up in this space even a little before that. It became commonplace to see brands considering podcasts or talking about launching one soon. And fast forward to now, you'll see you'll see that most leading brands, mid-level brands, and even startups do spot their own podcasts, which means that there are far too many out there. Very few have actually gotten that impact. So as a podcaster, what do you feel brands can actually do to make their own channel stand out from the crowd? What can they do to grow their audience and increase their listen rates? Because there isn't any point in having like a million podcasts and no one's really engaging with any of them. So what can they do to really optimize this effort with this in mind, the listen rates and the, and building that audience? Yeah, so that's a really good question. There's a lot of things that you can do. So the first one is you've got to have an interesting host. I do a lot of podcasts. I am guests on podcasts. I'm on our podcast. Sometimes the hosts aren't that interesting, right? They don't. You got to be a people person to be a host of a podcast. It's got to feel like it's a conversation, and you've got to make it relatable. So that's the first one. The second thing that you've got to do is you've really got to figure out who you are and what your objective is, and you can't stray from that. So we've said all along that the goal of our podcast is to target someone with what I call a Wall Street Journal Wall Street Journal level working knowledge of healthcare. You don't need to be a doctor. We've had doctors on the podcast. You don't need to be a venture capitalist. We've had VCs on the podcast. But so you're generally interested in healthcare and you read those articles in the journal of the New York Times, you'll wanna come and listen to our podcast because we're adding to that conversation. And then our unique angle, again, is this data and the conversation about that data. The third thing that we've done, that I think, is we've been very regular and predictable. So many people start a podcast and then they run out of steam. We drop every other Thursday like clockwork. We do not miss an every other Thursday unless it's like July 4th week or Christmas week because no one wants to listen to my voice during Christmas week or July 4th week. I get it. So we have that. So people have come to expect it. And so they start to update it. And now that we're nearly 40 episodes into this, people are starting to feel, appreciate the regularity of it. And we always tease the upcoming podcast at the end of the current one. So you know what's coming next. So I keep the audience hooked. And then the last thing about it in terms of promotion is it's part of a multi-channel promotion strategy. So we have all the different social media feeds, Twitter, LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. You don't want those channels to constantly be promotional. Buy definitive healthcare, buy definitive healthcare. People will start blocking you. They won't listen to you. So we've used our social media instead to actually say, hey, we're bringing something interesting to you. Here's this expert on precision medicine or genetic testing. Here's a leading venture capitalist talking about where he thinks you should invest next year. Here's this really cool startup that is doing something on the cutting edge of bioengineering that we found. And so you'll start to follow us because we're bringing something interesting to you. It's like good old 60 Minutes on Sunday nights on CBS, right? We're a podcast magazine or a news magazine. And then it also gives our reps the ability to reach out and talk to customers without saying, bye, bye, bye. It's, hey, Joe, I haven't heard from you for a while. Our CMO did this really interesting podcast on electronic medical records. I know in our last conversation, you were having a hard time with your EMR implementation. Take a listen. And suddenly our reps are providing value to a customer 
without asking them to buy anything, sign a contract, pitching the problem, the benefits of our product. And so it's relationship building. And again, it's all those different types of things about how you use the podcast and you build it up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And while it's important to focus on using the podcast, not as a direct marketing or sales channel, like you rightly said. So in the past, what used to happen is brands would often have CTAs. They do have CTAs all over their website, at the bottom of the blog, all of that. But in podcasts, most brands tend to shy away from that. Everyone, mostly everyone has this idea that you call it, you give it a different identity. You term it as a show, you drop episodes regularly and you're treating it differently than the other typical marketing channels, which brings us to the next questions, which brings us to the next area that we'd like to really dive into. How should brands integrate this better into the overall marketing plan? So oftentimes we've seen, we've observed this in the marketplace. There are far too many podcasts. You have a name of a show, which is very different from the name of the brand. And if you haven't branded it well enough in the social graphics or in its identity and things like that, it can get lost. Like you might not know, for example, that Sunny Side Up belongs to ABC company, for instance. So what should brands really do to ensure that that doesn't happen? Because if it's an indirect channel to bring in that awareness, right, to the audience as well as to the participant, because you might want to use this as a channel to get into your prospect's head. So it's also important down the line to integrate this better into the overall core marketing plan. So what should brands do to do that better in and also keep that balance wherein it's still not losing its effect of being an indirect channel that creates awareness for a brand. And while at it, what should they be measuring and evaluating to ensure that the podcast that they are running and executing is actually churning some kind of ROI down the line? Great. Good question. So a couple of thoughts on that. So the first thing that we did was we branded it related. So I work at Definitive Healthcare. The podcast is called Definitively Speaking. So there's a relationship there. It's overt, but it's not exactly hitting you over the head. The second thing is I always introduce myself at the beginning of the podcast as Justin Steinman, Chief Marketing Officer at Definitive Healthcare and your host for this podcast. The third thing that we've done is we've branded it in our look and feel. So it has all of our color scheme. We have an arrow motif that's very core to our visual identity. We use that arrow motif and all of the collateral. We then promote it on our LinkedIn channels and our social media and our Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days channel. And when you see that, it has, again, a little audio clip, 15 to 20 seconds, and then it is pushed from the definitive healthcare section of their LinkedIn or Twitter account. And we also have all of our reps. We have an internal social media tool that we use to push out. We have all of our reps push out the podcast. And it's always like, hey, look who our CMO brought on the podcast this time. Or I love when our CMO, Justin Simon, talks to people. He gets the best guests. And it's all about the guests. It's never about us, but yeah. it's about definitive healthcare bringing it to you. We also have a page on our website from Definitively Speaking. We own the URL definitivelyspeaking.com, but it drives it back to our website where all the episodes are there. And again, you see my bio talking about Definitive Healthcare. You obviously can go other places on our website and see it there, but it's part of the holistic story. So we've established that this is brought to you by Definitive Healthcare. And obviously, we're interested in healthcare and we'd like to think that we're experts in healthcare, but you can judge that for yourself. But we humbly submit that we are. 
And then in terms of how you think about ROI, I accent and as a sacrilege, I really don't think about ROI for my podcast, right? I think about number of listeners and is it trending in the right direction? Number of subscribers and is it trending in the right direction? And then frankly, anecdotal feedback that I get from people inside and outside the company as to whether it is interesting. But I'm not turning to our CFO and saying, I generated this many leads or think about this as your ROI for your podcast. Now, we're very fortunate in that our podcast costs are relatively low. As I said earlier, I'm talking to you live from our Definitive Healthcare Podcast Studios. This was here. The soundproof room was here when we took over this office. I've got my multimedia engineer on the other side of this wall over here, and he's great. And he does everything for us from podcast production to our video production to recording our earnings calls in the studio and everything in between. And then we do the graphic design with our in-house graphic design team. And we host it on our own website and our own servers. So the costs to run this are so minimal that I don't really have to justify the ROI other than those anecdotal metrics that I gave you earlier. Justin, this has been a very interesting part one conversation when it comes to podcasts. And there's so much more we can talk about because podcasts are growing. Consumers, audiences across the online marketplace are like interacting with these kind of content formats a lot more now than they did before. So we're definitely going to have you back again soon to probably dive in deeper into a key core area when it comes to podcasting for B2Bs. But until then, we wish you and the team at Definitive Healthcare all the very best and good luck with your podcast and happy listening to everyone. Thanks for having me.